Good evening. Uh, and as always, I just want to take a moment uh, to thank you uh, for watching this evening. Uh, I know that uh, life is always busy uh, and there's a lot you could be doing. And so uh, taking a few minutes uh, out of your day, your evening, uh, to watch these videos, to listen to them, uh, is greatly appreciated. Uh, as we've been looking through the miracles of the Old Testament, uh, I hope it has been encouragement to you uh, to know uh, that the Lord can work and that the Lord uh, can work in your life and in mine. Uh, as we are going through the miracles in the Old Testament, we come to 1 Kings chapter 18, and uh, I don't know about anyone else, but uh, as a preacher, this is one of my favorite uh, miracles from a preacher standpoint, uh, because uh, so many times um, as we teach the Word of God, uh, it seems like it falls on deaf ears. And so many times it seems as we visit people in the hospitals and we preach funerals and we preach sermons and we, we witness to people and we encourage them to uh, believe in the Lord and to trust the Lord that uh, it falls on deaf ears. Um, but in this uh, story, it is like a true underdog story. Uh, you have Elijah, uh, verse uh, the 450 prophets of Baal. Uh, I think of some wonderful movies like Rudy, an uh, underdog story. Uh, if you remember, remember the Titans. Uh, there's just something about us as people who love to root for the underdog. And in Elijah chapter 18, um, a few years have gone on here throughout all this that's been going on. And uh, God tells Elijah that I want you to go down and talk to Ahab. If you remember, Ahab was a wicked man. He was a wicked king with a wicked queen. Uh, they had been killing the prophets. Uh, they had been executing preachers and teachers and men of God. And God tells Elijah, I want you to go down there to them. And uh, he also tells a man by the name of Obadiah, who had been hiding the prophets, to go get Elijah. And Obadiah was very afraid. He was very afraid that he would uh, tell the king that Elijah was coming and then Elijah wouldn't show up because Elijah was afraid for his life. But Elijah tells this man, no, you tell King Ahab I'm coming and I'll come. And you say, well, why does this matter? Because God was wanting to show the people that even though Jezebel and Ahab were the most powerful religious um, national leaders of their day. 
Uh, they were the king and queen. They were powerful. They were mighty. They had influence and they were wicked. But ultimately, they were not in control. And so many times in our lives, it's easy to look at other people and what they get away with and how they can scheme and be wicked and um, be cruel. And it just seems like everything works out for them. Uh, or you can even think about the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And for most believers at this time, I'm sure it was a pretty hopeless feeling. Because why? The men of God were being killed. The ones who weren't being killed were being hidden in caves. Elijah was hanging out in the desert and in a widow's woman's home. And, um, and Ahab and Jezebel have free reign to do what they want and go where they want and mock God. And I think some of us probably look around and feel that way now. We watch a government that mocks God. We watch people that mock God. But the miracle in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30, is a reminder that when God's presence and God's power is active and is working, that there is nothing that can stand up against him. And so whether you're praying for a lost family member, you're praying for a marriage, you're praying for someone that's been hurt, you're praying for yourself, you need to be reminded that no matter what the odds look against you, no matter how many times it seems that God has not answered, that he is at work. And so in verse 30, I want to just read it to you so you can see God's power. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold seed. And he put the wood in order and the bull in pieces and laid it on the wool and wood and filled it with four water pots of water and poured it all on the burnt sacrifice and the wood. So what happens is Elijah says, I'm going to make a sacrifice. You're going to make a sacrifice and whoever's God is real, God is going to send fire down from heaven to burn this sacrifice up. Uh, the false prophets had spent all day cutting themselves and crying out to false gods, and nothing had happened. And Elijah says, not only do I want this sacrifice to be in this fire pit, I want you to cover it in water. Not just a little water, but thoroughly drench it with massive water pots. Not just one water pot, but four water pots. And not just four water pots, but double it. So eight water pots. And not just eight water pots. Let's do it one more time 
12 giant pots of water. And if you can think about that, these would have been uh, water pots that would have been um, uh, probably between three to five feet tall. They would have been uh, massive uh, things here. And it was so much water, it had covered everything. It had filled the trench. Uh, if you think about a fire pit after a heavy rain. And he is showing them that there is no way this is an accident. There's no way this is a, 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 a lucky break that God is going to show up regardless of the situation, regardless of the obstacles. And it came to pass, in verse 36, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known this day that you are the God of Israel and I am your servant and that you have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and wood and stone and dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. And then the people fell on their faces and worshiped God. I want to close with this tonight. If you do not care about other people knowing Jesus, if you don't care about other people coming to a relationship with the living God, there is something wrong in your faith. Because every time God does a miracle like this, the people see it. The people have a choice. The people have an opportunity to worship God. And I think so many times we want to see God move in our life for our benefit. We're selfish. I want God to work in my children's life. I want God to work in my marriage. I want God to work in my grandchildren's life because I love them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the miracles in scripture almost always are not just because a person needs something, but it is because there are lost people watching. There are prodigal Christians watching. And God is trying to show them that he loves them, that he is real, and that he is involved. And so tonight, I want to challenge you. God, I want your power and presence in my life, not to make my life better, but God, that I can reach people for you. That I can reach that person who's been hurt in church and wants nothing to do with God. To reach that person who doesn't even believe there's a God. God, I want to see you work so that you can change people's life. And I believe you will. And so don't give up when the odds are against you. Don't quit when it seems like everybody has overwhelmed you. Trust him. He can work. As always, thank you so much for watching and God bless.